This is episode number 122 with Brandon Bush. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm here with my partner and co-host, Barbara Allen. Very grateful that you took the time to you know tune in today and listen in. Uh, we know we didn't have a podcast episode for you last week or a guest interview. Uh, we decided just to take the week off to take a break because of the Thanksgiving holiday and wanted just to spend a little more time with our family and friends and just really be grateful for, for all that we have. So hopefully you had an amazing turkey day as well, and hopefully you took some time to reflect and give thanks for all the amazing things and people that you have in your life. I know Barb and I each week are very grateful for the guests that we have on the show. Super grateful for all the friends and family and people like you who support this podcast and everything that we're doing. And of course, we are very grateful for all the brave men and women who serve this country and protect all the freedoms and opportunities that we have here. And that leads us to this week's uh, podcast episode and featured guest. His name is Brandon Bush from Lift Chocolates. Lift Chocolates is also a Patriot Pass sponsor for our Great American Summit. If you don't know about the Great American Summit, I highly encourage you to visit our website, greatamericansummit.com. It's coming to Washington, D.C., April 17th and 18th. It's a patriotic, entrepreneurial, mindset-driven event where all net proceeds from the event are going back to charities that support our veterans, military families, police and first responders, including the Gary Sinise Foundation, the uh, Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, the Nine Line Foundation, and a handful of others that we've chosen to uh, honor as well. So go to greatamericansummit.com to learn more. If you want to be a Patriot Pass sponsor yourself, um, just email us, support at americansnippets.com, and we'll get right back to you uh, with more information on how you can sponsor this one-of-a-kind, amazing, patriotic Event. So again, to learn more and to take advantage of our Black Friday and Cyber Monday specials that we are running all the way through the end of this week, uh, where you can get tickets up to 65% off, just go to greatamericansummit.com. All right, so Brandon Bush from Lift Chocolate. Again, he's a, he's a Patriot Pass sponsor for this event. He's also a uh, culinary artist and entrepreneur, and he's also known as the Candyman to his fellow Marines. And even though the company Lyft Chocolates is still in its infancy, uh, they are in retail outlets and they manage to give back to support our military, our law enforcement, and first responder communities as well. And between serving as country, earning a culinary degree, and launching a business, Brandon has learned a strong work ethic, uh, all about risk management, and how to seize upon opportunity. So listen in as Brandon shares his story and insight on service, following your passion, and turning that dream into a reality on this episode of American Snippets. So without further ado, here is Brandon Bush and Barbara Allen. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. 
Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. Today I get to sit down and talk to someone I jokingly call them my own version of Willy Wonka here at the end because it's just so much fun to get to speak to somebody who is into something so lighthearted and so cool and something everybody gets behind. Brandon Bush is the owner CEO of Lyft Chocolates. Um, they're located in Boulder, Colorado, but their product is available to anybody, anytime you can walk into some stores that carry it, or you can order his chocolates online. Brandon is a Marine Corps veteran, and he also serves in the reserves. He's had um, several deployments. He has served our country hardcore over the years, and now he is taking full advantage of all the opportunities that he and so many others have served and sacrificed for by building his own version of the American dream in a way that catches him a little flack from his fellow Marines, but all in good fun. It's excellent stuff. Brandon Bush, we are so happy to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us. Thanks, Barb. I'm very excited to appear on your show. Yeah, and thank you. Before I forget, too, thank you for being among the first to jump on and support our Great American Summit as a Patriot Pass sponsor. We super appreciate that and cannot wait to have you be a part of this event. And for everybody listening, pay close attention to what he does because he's going to be at that summit. You're going to get to bump into him, mingle with him. And if you're lucky, get to sample some of his amazing chocolates, which we have here. And I'm going to show you some in a little bit. Um, Absolutely, Barb. And, um, you know, we're more than happy to contribute chocolate for everybody at your event. So <laughs> chocolate for everybody. We'll, we'll dial that back a little because there's gonna be a lot of people. But th that's like people okay. say, hey, Barb, bring your kids over. And I show up with four kids and like they all want nuggets at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, not all your kids, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, uh, yeah, I take that in stride. Let's talk a little bit. Um, I know I kind of like rambled through that intro, but we love, love, love. I, I love seeing everybody take advantage of the opportunities we have in this country. But for me, there's something I think a little special when I get to see our veterans come home, um, come back from their deployment, and then make that transition and step into the life that so many of us get to live back here at home without ever having to serve. And you know, we, we know that we lose so many veterans and that cracks it. You have a difficult time making that switch, finding that new purpose, that calling or assimilating back into a world that doesn't necessarily understand them. So when I see stories like you and people like you who serve our country come back and then manage to leap that divide, uh, you know, and go on to build a successful, happy life, even though it's a struggle, it just, it makes us super happy. So I'd love to get into all of that and talk about a little bit about your service you know, what led you to serve and then coming back out of service, maybe what you faced or did you not face, you know, anything of that gap and then how you moved on to build from there and some lessons that you had to offer people looking to build and start their own company. You down with that? Sounds good, Bob. All right, let's go. So let's start with your service. What brought that about? What, you know, I'm always, it's always interesting to me to understand what led people to, to raise that right hand. Okay. Um, Right after 9-11, um, I had graduated from college pretty recently. I wasn't doing too much with my life um, and kind of saw other guys my age that were in Afghanistan and Iraq and thought that I'm a capable young man and um, should probably be doing my part. So I uh, joined the Marines. Um, I, I had a grandfather in the Marines uh, he, in World War II. He was on Nagasaki a few days after they dropped the, the second bomb. Wow. And uh, so his service meant something to me. And so I, I didn't even go into the other offices. I went straight to the Marines. 
Did your grandfather ever talk about his service? Uh, not very much, very little. Yeah. He would answer direct questions um, vaguely, I would say. Yeah. I found that uh, common. I, I spent some time working as a veteran service officer and I had this one, a lot of World War II veterans come in, but one in particular struck me. He was World War II veteran coming in for the first time with his daughter uh, by his side. And he came in to file a claim for PTSD from World War II. And it was the first time his daughter ever heard him speak about his experiences. And he went into specifics and he talked about a couple of very precise, specific, horrifying, heartbreaking uh, moments that happened. And his daughter was in tears next to him and, you know, and he was in tears. And so people, so, I, you know, that's why I ask because it's easy for people to kind of move on or you know, look at our World War II veterans smiling today, but maybe kind of forget that they went through some things too. And, um, and to just compare and contrast the difference in how they came home and how you all came home. It's, crazy it's crazy a huge respect for them as well so you didn't you didn't hear the stories of service growing up that's not what led you it was just like some sense of duty like oh hey i should be doing this too yes yeah i that's something i was probably a couple years older than most of the the enlisted guys that were serving over there and uh, so i did what i needed to do to go to ocs and was commissioned in 2004 nice um, do you have siblings or anybody else um, at home going about their life? Or are you an only child? What's your story? Uh, I have a brother. Um, he's a lawyer. He took over my dad's law practice up in Loveland, Colorado. Nice. And so, and they were supportive. Were they surprised when you decided to to do this? Uh, parents were very surprised. I think they anticipated my brother, the lawyer, going the military direction, and they thought that I was likely to go to law school and end up taking over the business. So we kind of, my brother and I kind of switched paths, so to speak. Yeah. It's cool how things work out like that though, right? You got to yeah. keep it interesting. I have a four boys now and three of them are in college. I have no idea who's going where and just so interesting to see, uh, you know, how it all plays out and where they go. So you're in service and you spent like 10 years in, in the Marines in active duty. Yeah, I was on, on active duty for about 10 years. Um, my fleet squadron was in Hawaii, um, and then I deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, both from there. Yeah. How long were those deployments about? Uh, seven months apiece. Some, which can seem probably like seven years sometimes. Um, so do you have like an overall impression or message that you carry with you from service? You know, do you feel like were there moments over there that you got to really understand why you all were there or did it feel like feudal service over there? You know, I, I speak uh, to some veterans who are like, I had this and that happen. And it was just, I think when your boots on the ground and you can see the impact it's making, it's easier to understand than it is for us over here who don't get to see the impact. Yeah. I guess the, if I took away a, a life lesson, um, it would be teamwork. Um, so I, I was flying over there. Um, and we would basically go from uh, base to base or fob to fob. And we were uh, a crew run helicopter. So there were two pilots, uh, me and another pilot. And then we had at least three enlisted air crew in the back. Um, and those helicopters were meant to be operated as a team. And so I always, in my business now, I, I, 
teamwork means everything to me and po a positive attitude, positive attitude towards mission accomplishment and everybody bought in means something to me that it, it might not to other people. Yeah. So you, you came out of service. What was the prompt? Like, what was the deciding factor for you to feel like, okay, this may be time for me to move into this next part of life? Uh, I decided that if I made it, if the 10 years would be the kind of the decision point for me, because if you go, you know, a day past 10 years, you're on the downhill slide to 20 years in an active duty retirement. Um, I always love to cook and love to, I don't know, work in the kitchen. And so I decided that I was going to um, go to pastry school. I read several Culinary Institute of America textbooks on deployment in my downtime and decided that you can teach yourself to cook, but you can't teach yourself pastry or sugar or chocolate. Um, and so I decided I was going to go to, to pastry school and uh, I, we came back to, to Denver and, and I, I did that. Cool. So you say we, at that point you were married when you came. Yeah. Mo both of my, both of my older kids were born in Hawaii. Um, my wife, uh, found a job back here. We came back here and I used the GI bill to go to school. Um, and we kind of set up back here in Colorado. Nice. So she's been through, um, having kids while you were deployed. Yes. Yeah. Yep. She, uh, let's see my oldest, um, we were together for, I don't know, nine months to a year after he was born and I deployed then. And then my, uh, second child, Andrew was born, um, in November and I deployed in February. So I think we had eight to 10 weeks total before I, I left the second time. Um, and then came home and then we had, uh, we had one more after back here in Colorado. So Josh was our, uh, post Marine Corps baby. <laughs> That's fun. So were there any things that you can offer, like any little nuggets you can offer to other people in the military, other like married people coming home and how to make that kind of reunion and moving forward work after a combat deployment? Um, um some things maybe you wish like your wife had known some things you wish you had known prior to doing that. Uh, I think we didn't totally appreciate all of the, the perks that you have when you're on active duty. The, I mean, we lived in base housing, you have health insurance that covers literally everything. Um, kind of some practical advice like, like that, you, you yeah. don't totally know what you're in for until you're out, you're, you know, looking for a house to rent or to buy, you're paying for all your own health and dental insurance and everything like that. And suddenly your, your month to month bills are very different than what they were on active duty. So that was, that was a bit of a shock for sure. Yeah. And so that seems like a good time to buy a company and start it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, um, so I, I did take a, take a big risk with that. I used my retirement um, that I had saved over, you know, the, my time on active duty and my deployments. I, I pulled it. I took a penalty on the early withdrawal and I went for it. And um, I, I guess I, I 
also believe in risk reward. Um, yeah. Pretty strongly. Yeah. And, um, so obviously, I mean, your wife had to get on board with that. So how, like, how do you think that would have worked if you had a spouse maybe who was like not into that, who was like completely risk averse? Do you think it's possible for somebody to take a chance like that or to do these things if both of you aren't open to it? No, I think it would be very hard to do something like that if I didn't have her support. Um, so that was, she wasn't thrilled about it, but she also, I think she came to the point where she decided, you know what, this means a lot to him. I'll, I'll support him and I'll help him. Um, and so if, if someone else were trying to make that decision, if your significant other isn't fully isn't supportive of it. It, I think it would be much more of a challenge and I introduce a lot of strife into your personal life. Um, yeah, definitely. I get messages from people who are like, Hey Barb, I would love to start this business, this company, but my husband or my wife is like, Oh hell no, we're not doing this. What do I do? I'm like, I'm not a marriage counselor. You know, I can't uh, answer that question, but I'm just from having done this and walked this path here with, Dave, I know how hard it is to just go on your gut and know that it's going to happen and know that it's for a purpose. And I cannot imagine doing it if he and I were not fully invested in it, in it together. So I think that's just a huge point for people. And sometimes people have to decide like what's more important for like, what is their heart going to lead them to? Right. You know, and, and I know that some people split because of that, but just a different path for everybody to take. So, um, you decided to, you went to college for pastries and all that. And then I like how you, you looked at this. I, I don't know. I just like the approach you took. It seemed to make such sense to me that you bought a company that was already existing instead of trying to build something from the ground up. And what a cool way, um, you know, to do that. And I'm sure that was maybe even a higher financial stake, but man, how worth it was that instead of trying to just it, it was very worth it. And I, yeah. I didn't fully appreciate it until, you know, almost until now. Um, so I, I originally had intended to start a, a chocolate business and I had rented a shared space in a, in a commercial kitchen. I had taken the, the first few steps. I was working on product development. Um, and then I, I really was in the right place at the right time and uh, a business came for sale in Boulder and the products were fantastic. The quality was what I wanted to represent. And it was really a running start. Like um, you have to appreciate having cash flow and accounts from day one vice having to go find someone that wants to buy your product. Um, the, the running start was hugely helpful. Um, so we've built on that. We've rebranded some things. I've started offering a lot of my own things, but the running start was crucial for us. Yeah, I, I imagine so. And was there like, did I see that the, or the owner of the company that you bought, or was this a different person, stayed on to kind of support you and almost serve as like a 
mentor in the in the business? She did. Yes. Um, one, she is a fantastic chocolatier. She's very talented, but she's also a very savvy businesswoman. Um, and she understands the business top to bottom. She thinks about things that, um, I'm only starting to think about, and she's really acted as a mentor. She's kept everything going in the right direction. Um, she, she's meant a lot to me. Um, and I'm very thankful to, to be working with her and to have her. That's awesome. I mean, not only to find that business that comes up for sale almost at the exact right time in your life. Like what, I mean, there aren't that many chocolate businesses out there, right? And so you're moving to a town where there's a successful, high-quality business that happens to come up for sale, whose owner is super smart and capable and decides to sell to you and mentor you. I mean, you couldn't really ask for a better, <laughs> like, no, a better I, segue. You know? I, I, am, I am so lucky. I, and I don't know if there's another word for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like the moons so, and stars aligned and said, Brandon, go do this now. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's better to be lucky than good. You know what I yeah, mean? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Absolutely. For sure. So, I mean, that's all it seems like a sign for me. And from there, you know, when was it that you bought that? That was not that long ago that you made that purchase. Yeah, it was, um, I took ownership of the business in May of 2017. That's really, so you're like in your infancy uh, in terms of companies and you're already out there and, um, you know, your name is popping up more and more. And I got to tell you, I know Dave told you before, we had started this interview there. I mean, you sent us some chocolates. Um, and man, they're good. They are some oh. good stuff. I'm going to hop up here. I'm going to show you. People watching this on video, I still got this bad boy right here. We just came home Friday night and you had sent us this freaking turkey. Who knew that turkey? I'm going to hold that up so people can see. This is available on Lift Chocolate right now. Obviously, we're going into Thanksgiving next week. Dudes, I would recommend if you um, want some chocolate, you want an interesting unique centerpiece, pop on lift chocolate and, and grab yourself one. I may have bust into the smaller size one, the dark chocolate. And, uh, you know, it does not disappoint. Let's say that who knew Turkey. That's my favorite kind of Turkey. I think I've ever had. <laughs> I usually skip the turkeys, go to salad, mashed potatoes, but this Turkey is all mine, man. So how do you, um, then do that? Like, who comes up with the ideas? The okay, for Thanksgiving we're going to do this massive turkey and like make it look gold and shimmery and like who who's the artist behind the creation? Um, a lot of a lot of the stuff I sent you is stuff from me personally. Like I came up with it. Uh, like I said, um, the previous owner Chris is she's a fantastic chocolatier, very talented. Um, I also wanted to bring some of my own ideas to the table. Um, so I, I really, there's space in the market right now for those, um, big molded pieces or the, the little ones, not, there's not too many people that are out there and going to buy a, you know, a three pound (laughs) chocolate (laughs) turkey, but it's, it's a fun showpiece. Um, we had a few people buy them. I have, um, a Santa that big. I have a, a snowman that's, that's that big. Um, and I think that those bigger pieces represent my brand pretty well. Um, I, I like to do bold pieces yeah. and even if, even if they just end up as a showpiece, uh, I think they're, 
they're cool and fun. And oh no, we're eating this thing. Yeah, it's going to break that on. This will on be destroyed. Day, huh? There might be some peanut butter involved, but yeah, it will be destroyed. <laughs> um, so, so you get to design these pieces in your head, and that, how many people are on your staff? Um, I've I just reached eighteen between full time, part time, and seasonal. Yeah, um, that's going to go down a little bit as we slow down a little bit. Um, We'll have a, a little bit of low time before Christmas and then December will be crazy again. Um, we'll have a, a little bit of a lull in January and then we'll have uh, Valentine's Day and Easter back to back. Yeah. So we'll be busy then. And then our, our true slow time kind of comes in um, in May after, after Easter is done. But that said, your schedule gets really messed up. Like I was making Halloween products in March this year. Oh. And um, I'm working on my sell sheet, uh, and the products we're making for Halloween next year right now. So your, <laughs> your, your seasons get all messed up. Um, we're in Valentine's day production right now and we're waiting on orders for Easter. It's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Well, you gotta get ahead of it. Right. And you don't want to be slammed there at the last minute. And I saw on your website, you also have this custom package design, designed to support the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. We do. Um, we're really proud to support them. Personally, I believe in supporting um, military marriages and, and first responder marriages. I think that they have a, a, a great foundation. So one of their strategists uh, wrote an email over our website and that's how we first got connected with them. They said that they wanted to do chocolates for, uh, their mastering your marriage events. It was, uh, I think a year ago or two years ago at Valentine's day. Um, and it meant a lot to me that they were, I have, I have a lot of, I just really liked what they did. And so Several months later, I, I wrote, um, wrote that person back and said, you know, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. If I can contribute more, um, tell me how. And so uh, I've been sending uh, truffle boxes to their Mastering Your Marriage events. Uh, I sent uh, some Chris Kyle discs for their gala. And then we're doing a promotion um, and all of the kickbacks are going to Chris Kyle um, with a special truffle box for them. And it also comes with one of the discs. So that's pretty cool. So have you thought about, um, like if, you know, there are a lot of corporations and companies and nonprofits out there, is this something that you're looking to do on a bigger basis? Like if a, if a company says to you, Hey, we have this, our annual event this year, we'd like to order a thousand of these boxes for our, our corporate event. Is that stuff you do as well? Yeah. Um, so in December, that's typically when we get most of our corporate orders and it's, it's usually tied to Christmas. We do a lot of custom stuff. Um, about 55% of our business is wholesale. So Whole Foods, um, Pharmaca out West, some smaller chains in the Northwest. Um, we do amenities for hotels and then retail and corporate orders. Uh, usually we start getting those this time of year and we do a lot of custom work. 
What is one of, like, have you had a, like a disaster and making a batch or some kind of thing that just went horribly awry? In, yes, in the- we've had, um, I've had some pumpkin truffles go bad and had to have them pulled off the shelf. Um, I've had some other truffles go bad. Wait, how There's, does a truffle go bad? So what happens is uh, on the in you have a chocolate outer shell and usually there's a ganache or a caramel, some sort of center like that. If you pipe the ganache, the, the center filling when it's at the wrong temperature or too thick or anything like that, you can leave air bubbles in the center of the, the truffle. And so you leave oxygen in there in a moist environment for, you know, uh, okay. bacteria or whatever to start forming and it becomes pretty gross in there. So you really have to do it the right way. Um, and yes, we have had some disasters, but those are few and far between and will never happen again. So, yeah, no, I've, everybody has disasters. I feel like if you don't crash and burn at some point, then, you know, you're just not out there hard enough doing it because I, you know, I think you should always be working above your level a little bit or above, and that's how you learn. And plus you can't help. Like sometimes people are human, right? And things go wrong. There's no accounting for every single scenario and some bizarre stuff is going to happen. Some uncommon things are going to take place. Um, what are the odds of that? Well, pretty good because it happened, you know, kind of thing. You're going to have those moments like in everything in day-to-day life. You're going to go walk outside and both your tires are going to be flat and your car, like stuff happens, right? And you just got to roll with it. Um, and I think that's just an important part everything you do, but definitely in a business, uh, you know, and you just have to bounce back from that. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Each, each incident like that is a, it's an opportunity to learn and um, make sure that you don't do it again. So. Yeah. What are um, some of the big successes that you had that also you learned from and helped kind of lift you up and push you forward a bit? So we've experienced pretty rapid growth recently. Um, uh, we've had lots of wins in whole foods in the Rocky mountain region. It's about 32 stores. Um, and their orders have been getting substantially bigger, especially at the holidays. Um, we recently got shelf space on some of our everyday products. So I think, you know, when you have momentum, you want to keep momentum, like, this was a win. Now, how do I exploit it? Uh, and you know, take the next step or whatever. So I think, uh, this, I'm going to try and be more aggressive in whole foods, maybe expand to some other regions, uh, or attempt to, uh, doesn't mean they'll take it, but do my best to get it in other regions, um, or, or nationally on a, on a small level. Yeah. Have you looked in some of the like veteran entrepreneur programs, like, street chairs and all that, that kind of get behind veteran based yeah, businesses. Actually, I, I haven't, I probably should. Um, usually I'm kind of focused on, on that every day. And I could think out of the box better than I do. Um, but I tend to get trapped into everyday things. And every day. Yeah. It's very, and that's a struggle of the entrepreneurial path, right? Like you're so, focus. You're like, okay, I'm the one here. I have to, on the one hand, I have to take care of all of these things here to keep our day to day uh, process functioning. Right. But on the other hand, I'm trying to grow. 
So I need to have time to do that here. Oh, plus, oh, hey, I have the family at home and the kids and I have to drive to Little League and I have to get this done and that done and the boiler broke and I need to, like, it's, it's hard to, to take care of all that. It, it is something, I mean, something's going to fall out all yeah. the time. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to maintain. I've, I've spoke to somebody, I will never forget this one person I spoke to, super successful, like massively successful entrepreneur and business person who just looked me dead in the eye. And he's like, well, my kids, I see them for an hour a day, you know, and that's all they, that's all they need from me. They don't need me more than an hour a day. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, that took me aback a little, but that guy is like hugely successful. And then I know other people who are also hugely successful who say, no, my kids come first and I'm going to take this time. And then those people just don't sleep or something because they, they work, you know, when their kids are asleep, but something it's a different preference for everybody. Right. And you have to just to find the time. Like, how do you, what's your advice for people who are a, you know, family people and trying to build a business and grow it at the same time? Yeah, I think I would fall somewhere between, um, the, the two that you mentioned. I, I try and, Offer time when I have it, um, certainly in seasons where we're not quite as busy, I try and put in more uh, dad time there. Or if there's something that's important that I go to, whether it's, um, you know, like a Cub Scout, Boy Scout event or, you know, something that I need to be at, like a, something at church or, or whatever, I, I always make time for those. And then I, you just juggle. Yeah and pick the most important thing, whether it's family or, or business that day or what, yeah. It, what is, so then the building your own business and taking the entrepreneurial path, what would be one of the perks that you think that carries? Say again. What is like one of the perks, like the upsides, you know, there are a lot of people who are just comfortable in, in their structured routine and the entrepreneurial path is like, uh, they would never do it. Like they just have no interest, you know, in doing it. Um, and, you know, I think even the people on the path are sometimes like, oh man, like, oof, this is hard. Right. But what's one of the perks that kind of says, oh yeah, this is, this is worth it. I really like, um, being my own boss. Um, and I say that from the perspective that, uh, of course I'm not my own boss. I have customers that I need to answer to, and everything like that. But I, I'm confident that I can, um, run it and do things the right way. Um, so I really like being my own boss, making my own schedule. Um, and like I said, I, I fully believe in risk reward. It's, um, I, I kind of think the challenge of running a business or growing a business is a perk too. It's, it's not boring. It's something to do. And you, are always invested in it. You have something to think about and um, obstacles to overcome. And I, so I, it's a challenge and I enjoy it. Yeah. What is one thing you would say to somebody who's considering taking that leap and pursuing their thing that they love and turning it into a business? Like, hey, don't do it if you're not ready for, or if you don't have this, like what, um, what would that be? Practically speaking, uh, make sure you're financially set to do it. Um, I think when I got in 
when I got involved, I didn't appreciate how much money you actually need to operate a business. Um, and then on the personal side, I think you just need to be ready to devote your brain power to it all the time. Um, cause you're going to have little problems every day, things that you need to solve. And then you have bigger strategy problems that you need to figure out. You have to make sure that your, your vision is there and that you're moving towards it all the time. Um, and you got to get rid of distractions, so to speak. Yeah. Do your kids like to bake and to cook? They're starting to, they didn't, they didn't used to, but now they're getting more involved and uh, they're starting to ask like if, when we're teenagers, can we work in the shop and everything like that? So I'm, I'm hoping cool. they will. I'm yeah. hoping they take an interest and it sticks. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right. Now for the, one of the most serious questions I have, what is one of your favorite candies that is not chocolate? Uh, Outside of something you create. Okay. Uh, gummy bears and gummy worms. Oh, um, disgusting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we go, whenever we go to the field, um, with my Marine unit, yeah. uh, everybody else has tobacco and stuff like that. And I, I take a couple of bags. Your of gummy, gummy bears. Worms. Well, you're in Colorado. So do you have like the special gummy bears or you just have the, the um, the <laughs> <laughs> all right. You don't have to answer that. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So uh, we touched on it briefly before, but one thing that drives us, me and Dave, and why we do American Snippets is because we really do believe that the American dream is alive and well. We know it's easy for people to dismiss as cliche or whatever, but we differentiate and say that you know, the clarification is that the American dream is different for everybody. When you look at it like something that is unique to you, it means something different to everybody we speak to, and we all live it in a different way, right? So we'd like to ask, what does the American dream look like to you? What does that mean to you? Um, to me, the American dream is opportunity or the chance. Like, and I, I think each person can, um, you know, pursue what they want, pursue what they want to. If, if owning a business or doing something like that is your American dream, you can do it. You Everything is there. Um, you have every opportunity. You just have to, to take it. So um, any, if you don't do it, that's a choice. Um, so I, I, I believe the American dream is, is the, the opportunity to do what you want to do. Awesome. All right. And if people want to track you down, they want to order your chocolates, they want to learn more about Lift Chocolate, and they want to see all things Lift Chocolate, where do they find you? Um, so our website is liftchocolates.com and chocolates is plural. Um, we have a lot of products in whole foods, um, in six States in kind of like the Rocky mountain, Colorado area. We have uh, a lot of items up in the Northwest as well. Um, market of choice and a few other stores. We recently went into Kroger. Um, I don't know if we'll end up staying there or not. Um, but the, the Kroger and King Supers or King Supers is Kroger in uh, Colorado. And then QFC is up in the, the Northwest. So. Awesome. 
All right. So, Brian, thank you for taking the time to, to do this today, to sit down, to talk with us, to offer your insight on an entrepreneurial path and, and how to do that. And uh, thank you again for being a sponsor of our Great American Summit. We're genuinely excited to meet you in person there. And um, your wife, I'm hoping, is the one that comes with I don't know who's coming. <laughs> but yeah, so I hope to meet you both there. And, uh, you know, and thank you in person. Absolutely, Barb. No, it, it was a pleasure. I'm really excited for the event. Um, have it marked out on my calendar for April. So, Perfect. We'll, we'll see you there. All right. There you have it, everyone. That wraps up another episode of American Sippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today and spending a little bit of your time with us here uh, on the show. I'd like to personally thank Brandon Bush for being here as well and sharing his story. Also like to thank Brandon and Live Chocolates for being a Patriot Pass sponsor to our Great American Summit. Again, go to greatamericansummit.com to learn more about that. Um, if you got any value out of this episode, again, all we ask from you is to share this podcast with a friend, let people know what we're doing here, share an episode on one of your favorite episodes on social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, tag us at American Snippets. Uh, definitely check us out on YouTube as well because we have the full video interview on YouTube as well as some other content that we don't publish here on the audio program uh, on the podcast. And of course, we do a full featured article on our guests each and every week uh, on American Snippets. So just go to americansnippets.com, check out the latest uh, podcast episode, read the full featured article on Lyft Chocolates. We'll include uh, the social media info for Lyft, you know, their websites, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and of course, you can go to liftchocolates.com. Again, we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next week. <music>